Good morning, I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad that you're here. Uh, I know we have some new folks with us. We usually teach in series, meaning we take a topic, talk about it for several weeks. And we're in a series called Stress Less. This is week this five of five, so we're finishing up today. So you're here a good week as we wrap this topic up. <clears throat> if you've missed one, I want to go back and listen to it. The audio is on our website. Facebook has the actual, this actual service. So hi, all Facebook watchers. Uh, we're glad that you're watching or watching delayed. So today's topic is devotion, emotion. That'll make more sense as we proceed with our discussion. We've got a dog in present in our congregation this morning. So my daughter's dog. Uh, brings back memories. When I was a pastor in Portugal, uh, back in the late 80s, I uh, had, a, had a grandma that would come every Sunday with her dog, and the dog would sit there and well-behaved. I think that dog attended more services than most of the members did. <laughs> so, uh, brings back fond memories. So, Jesus gets up and he's, he does this teaching at the beginning of his ministry. Uh, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And he's looking out at the crowd, and just like I do, I look at the crowd, and he's saying, I see worry on the faces. And so he addresses that topic. And so consequently, that's why we've been talking about it uh, for five weeks. Because I look at you and look at me and I see this is an issue for us. Tons of stuff written about this. Books, blogs, all this stuff. Um, the interesting thing is if there's more than one book about a topic, then that book didn't solve the problem, right? If somebody would write the definitive book on worry and stress, then we wouldn't need any more books. And we'd all be, be free from this issue. Those that write books really are getting their source material from Jesus. So uh, he's, he's the ultimate source. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, we touched on this the first week, five, four or five weeks ago. I want to start with four questions that kind of set this up, set up Jesus' teaching. And uh, you don't have to answer out loud, just kind of think about the answers. Here's the first one. <clears throat> Who of you, by worrying can add a single hour to your life. So I worried for an hour today, now my life is an hour, I'm going to live an hour longer. So I've worried for 5,000 hours in my life, my life is going to be lengthened by 5,000 hours. Anybody? Well, don't raise your hand. Second question is the flip side. Who of you have worried so much you think you've shortened your life? And I might add, maybe shorten the life of your spouse or your parents or somebody else that's, that's close to you. Medical science tells us what? Stress actually kills, all right? So this is much more likely, or actually the only possibility. The first one really wasn't a possibility. So consequently, third question, is there anything more valuable to you than your life? Being alive, okay? We can't add to it by worry. We can take away from it by worry. If there's something else more important, um, you decide. But it certainly isn't helping what might be the most important or one of the most important things to us. So, Jesus starts his teaching and he basically says, don't do it. <laughs> stop. Now, do we stop? Just because Jesus told us? Actually, it's a command. It's in the imperative. Stop doing this. Don't do it. It's imperative. Command. Command. <clears throat> That didn't stop us. These three questions, they're going to stop you from worrying. They're logical. They make sense. You're going to stop worrying just because it's not going to lengthen your life. It's going to shorten your life. 
That doesn't work. All these books and blogs and stuff we read, they stop us from worrying? <laughs> no. All right, they have it. So we're going to look at Jesus. See, Jesus actually attack, uh, attacks the problem rather than the symptoms, which most of these articles and books deal with. I'm going to summarize it for you first, and then we'll get dig in here. Things you are most devoted to are the things you worry about the most. Or the things you worry about the most are the things you are devoted to. So Jesus said, there's no big mystery about this. This is not an impossible problem you can't solve. Here's the issue. Things you're devoted to are the things that you worry about the most. Now this may shock you, but I don't worry about your job. I don't. I mean, if you're having trouble at work, I'll pray for you. I hope things get better. Uh, you lost your job, I certainly will pray and hope you find another one. But it won't keep me up at night. It just doesn't, because I am not devoted to your job. Um, your kids' grades? I'm not going to worry about your kids' grades. I'm not even going to worry about your kids, you know, getting in trouble. I'm not. I'll sympathize, empathize, pray with you, feel bad for you, but won't keep me up at night, because I'm not devoted to your kids. Now, my kids... Whole different story. But your kids know. Uh, your retirement. I am not worried in the least about your retirement. <laughs> Sorry, I just not. Uh, I'm thinking about it about myself, and this is one of these things I have to, you know, manage my stress level because I'm devoted to my retirement, not yours. So, what we worry about reflects what we're devoted to or what we're devoted to results in our worry. So I'm going to ask you a question. Important question. What if you shifted your devotion? If I shifted my devotion from my retirement, from my kids, from my job, what would happen to my worry level? What would it look like? Now, the Bible's great. Jesus, especially, his teachings are just brilliant. Nobody's been able to improve on it. And he says, there's a connection between what you're devoted to and what you worry about, what stresses you out, what causes you anxiety, what causes you fear. Now, it's interesting, in that teaching, the, you know, most of our Bibles are divided into paragraphs, and... Most Bibles, this, this teaching starts at verse 25. I did last time we looked at it. But we're going to start at verse 24. Because Jesus is talking about something, and then he connects it with worry. So here, it's interesting what he, what he was talking about before worry. This is in verse 24. You can't serve two masters. All right? You can't have two bosses telling you different things. You can't. You know, as a slave, you can't have two masters telling you different things. You've got to have, only have one. For you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And here's, here's, here's the contrast he makes. You cannot serve God and money. That word money really means stuff. Okay? So you can't be devoted to God and devoted to stuff. Now, we think we can, right? 
you know, I can be devoted to myself and be devoted to God. No, there's no conflict. No, no. God says, there's only thing, one thing can be number one, right? And he says, if it's God, it won't be stuff. If it's stuff, it can't be God. You and I decide. So he says, consequently, we've got this tug of war going on. He says, consequently, you and I have to decide. So then he says, therefore, or in this translation says, that is why, because we've got this struggle with stuff, between stuff and God, that is why I tell you not to worry. Not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or clothes to wear. Now, these were the big worries for them. It's not the big worries for you all. You have plenty of food at home or you go out to eat this afternoon, right? You got money to buy it. You're not worried about your food. We worry about eating too much, <laughs> but we don't worry about food. We don't worry about drink. And uh, most of us have closets full of clothes. We, we take them to Goodwill and stuff every once in a while. We just got too many. All right. But in their day, this was the big worries. They didn't know if they had food for the next day. They didn't know if they had clean water to drink. They didn't know if this, these clothes wore out, they have another pair to wear. These were the biggies. For us, it would be completely different, right? You know, we might worry about our job. We might worry about our health. We might worry about some relationship with our spouse, our parents, our children. Uh, if we're in school, we worry about our grades. You know, these are our worries. So if Jesus was talking to you today, he would say, don't worry about your job or your relationships or your kids or your grades. This is what he would say. Now, is he saying these aren't important? Of course not. The reason you and I worry about them is because they are important. He said, no, no, it's not that they're import not important. It's just that you have no certainty about these issues. They had no certainty about that they'd have food or drink the next day. You and I have no certainty about your job. You could go into work tomorrow and be fired. You guys might fire me tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but it could happen. And I would be without a job. I'm in perfect health now, but... I have no certainty that I'll be in perfect health tomorrow. Retirement, you know, I've kind of been planning for it during my work years, but uh, there's no certainty. A lot of that, a lot of your retirement, mine's in the stock market. What happens if the stock market was like this tomorrow? No certainty for retirement, right? So we become, for a better word, hyper-focused on things we can't control. And it's about tomorrow, and Jesus will wrap this up talking about tomorrow. It's about tomorrow. Most of us are fine today. I'm fine today. Got a job today. My health's okay today. I'm fine today, but tomorrow things may be different. And then Jesus kind of seems to go off on this tangent, all right? He says, don't worry. In fact, what I want you to do is look at the birds. Go bird watching. Take a stroll in the, in the, in the fields or the woods. Look at the birds. They don't plant, harvest, or store food in barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. And if I'm in that audience, I'm saying, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? I don't have time to go bird watching. I've got this issue, my health issue, my financial issue, this relationship issue. These are important things. Bird watching isn't important. And I can think Jesus is sitting back, okay, finished yet? Finished whining and complaining? You ready to listen? So when you get that all out, <laughs> we can listen. Summarize it this way. Your emotions follow your devotion. Your emotions follow your devotions. I'm not emotional about your kids or your job. I have no devotion there. My kids, whole different ballgame, right? 
And then he follows it up with an important question. Just follow the logic here of Jesus' teaching. Aren't you far more valuable to God, to him, than they are? Who are they? The birds. Birds, people. Birds, people. Now, there's some animal rights people that would say God's concerned about the both, but most of us would acknowledge the fact that according to the Bible, the crown of God's creation is us. It's hard to believe, but it is, right? It's not dogs or some other animals. It's not birds. Uh, Jesus didn't come to save the birds. He didn't come as a bird. He didn't come as, we're going to see a flower to save the flowers. He came as a human to, to provide a solution to our, our problem, mankind's problem. <clears throat> so, I'm going to do a little exercise here. I'm going to read the question I want you to answer. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Maybe I didn't make myself clear. I want you to answer the question. <laughs> Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Yes. I think you can do better than that. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Simple question. Logical answer is yes. Right? Even if you're not a Jesus follower, I think you would, would agree with this. <clears throat> And this, this isn't saying this is fate or you just kind of sit back and just let what happens, happen. In fact, it's just the opposite of that. He's saying, do everything you can. You know, work hard, do a good job at your job so you keep your job, uh, save money for retirement, work on your relationships. Do everything you can, but when you do, <sighs> Relax. Did I do all I could do? Yeah, I did all I could do. Okay. No need to worry. Then he goes back to the question we started off with. He goes to the question I started off with. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And we all say, nah, of course not. We know it can't. So he's building a case here for the stupidity of worry, for a better word. We have no certainty for the future. We have no way of controlling the future. So it's not about knowing the future because we don't know the future. It's about trusting, in this case, God with our futures. Then he used the comparison of the flower, kind of birds and then flowers. Said, and then why? Worry about clothing as compared to uh, food and drink. Lilies of the field and how they grow, they don't work, they don't make their clothes, yet Solomon, all his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And we'd all agree with that. Wildflowers are, are beautiful. But what if, and if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers here today and, you know, tomorrow they'll be gone, he will certainly care for you. Now, I can't be certain about anything in the future. Neither can you, Right? There's no certainty in our future as far as we're concerned. But there's something that's certain. There's something we can bank on, if you will, is the fact that God cares for us. So, the issue is, and he's going to insult us here with the next part. Sorry, but Jesus, not me. He's going to say, so why... Relating back to worry, why do you have so little faith? Now, this is fascinating. This little word in Greek actually is a combination of two words. 
It doesn't show up anywhere else. In the Bible or ancient Greek literature, this is the only time, and Jesus kind of creates this word. And it literally means little faithers you. Teeny little faithers you. Why do you have such little teeny faith? See, that's a real issue. We think worry is the issue, and uncertainty in life is the issue, and Jesus, no, 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 no. The real issue is you got little teeny, teeny, weeny faith. I try to think of a way to illustrate this. When I was a kid, my dad went to work every day, like maybe your dad did. You know, he'd go away for nine hours a day, and on Friday, you get a paycheck, and they would go to the bank, load the kids up, and we'd go to the bank, and then we went to the grocery store. That was kind of our routine. Maybe it was yours when you were growing up. <clears throat> so, I trusted the fact that my dad was going to go to work and make money to buy us food. We were, we were certainly not rich. We were pretty poor. But we always had food to eat and a roof over our head. Right? So I didn't worry about it. In contrast to worrying about it, I trusted my dad, and he had a good track record, that he would work and provide for us. <clears throat> now, some of you and some of us... <clears throat> When we see people with big faith, people that don't worry, it bothers us, doesn't it? And our, our reaction is, they must not care. If they really cared, this would be upsetting them. That words we use for worry. This would be upsetting them. So consequently, they, they're not, they, they don't care. In fact, we worry for them. If you're not going to worry about this, I'll worry for you. Now, they understand the simple concept, the fact that the God we worship <clears throat> is the God that created the universe and holds it together. So if God could create the universe and hold the universe together, do you think he can handle your problems? Now, here, here's the issue. We would say intellectually, yeah, 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 God can take care of it. But here I think is the crux of the problem. Next statement. I know God can. I believe God can. I believe I, there is, that's the kind of God that's out there. I just don't know if he will. Right? I, I don't know if he, he's going to take care of this relationship problem I have. I don't know if he's going to take care of this health issue I have. I don't know if he's going to help me with this you know, problem at work, problem at school. I just don't know. I know he can. I don't have any doubt he can't. I just don't know if he will. So the issue of worry is an issue of trust. And he said little faithers, but faith is kind of that religious word. So we're going to use the word trust. It means basically the same thing, right? Worry is an issue of trust. Do I trust that God will? I trust that my dad would. Do I trust that God will? Now I understand trust has to be earned. And if you're not a Jesus follower, just became one, you're kind of trying to figure this out. Can I trust God with my life? And that's perfectly fine. But the reality is there's nothing certain in the future for any of us. That's the reality. No newsflash, right? <laughs> Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So if I was to ch shift my devotion from my worries or shift my trust from my worries to God what would change? What would that look like? 
So he reiterates, Jesus does, he says, so don't worry about these things. Well, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. I call these the what ifs, right? Well, what if this ache or pain I have is cancer? What if, you know, I do lose my job this week? What if I fail that test? What if I don't have enough money to, to live in retirement? Now, one of the people, I, groups of people, I think, that have a hard time dealing with the issues of life are moms. It just is. And especially single moms, single parents. So I thought we'd have a little fun and show you a, a little humorous clip about a mom dealing with stress. What ifs? What if I poison my kids? I mean, the list is endless, right? And they can, as Jesus is going to say in this next verse, they can dominate our thoughts. But again, Jesus is going to insult us here. He's going to say, when those things dominate the thoughts, you are acting as if you are what? Unbeliever. Little faith are you or no faith. It makes sense for people that aren't believers to be dominated by these things. 
but you should be different. That word dominate literally means run after. We live in the woods and we got these squirrels outside just, just constantly running around, running around. Just busy, frantic, collecting food for the winter, I guess. Uh, but she said, you know, you're acting that way. You're just dominated by all these, these things. <clears throat> now, all of us deal with the same issues, Right? I don't have unique issues. That's what Jesus is saying. We all have the same struggles. We have the same issues. But if you're a Jesus follower, you have a responsibility to handle it differently. To, let, to shine in the midst of difficulty. And so somebody at work and you are dealing with the same issue and they're not a Jesus follower and you are and their life seems to be falling apart and yours doesn't. Hopefully it doesn't. You're going to shine. Now, we don't get to pick those difficulties, do we? We didn't get to pick that our daughter-in-law would get sick and have cancer and leave our son and our grandkids without a mom and a wife. We didn't get to pick that. But if we did, we'd say, oh, God, you know, people that win the lottery, they, they ruin their lives. I, I, I could shine there. I could win the lottery and, and not fall apart. We don't get to choose. But we do get to choose our response. And Jesus said it needs to be different. Is being a Jesus follower make you better at life and make life better or doesn't it? And then he makes a powerful statement. He says your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Now I'd ask you if you believed it but most of you would believe it. Do you live like you believe it? Kind of, kind of picture it this way. When you put your head on the pillow at night and turn the light out, you can imagine an angel showing up or just this audible voice saying to you, God knows. You know, he knows about your grades. He knows about your job. knows about your health. God knows. Would you sleep better? God's got this. So then he gives us the alternative, the action that we are not to worry, what are we supposed to be doing? It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. So what's going to be number one? Kingdom of God. And live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So what are you seeking? The squirrels seeking nuts and acorns, right? What are you seeking? Are you seeking... Uh, Security in, in retirement. Are you seeking that perfect, have perfect children? Well, that'll frustrate you as a parent. <laughs> perfect children. Are you seeking things in the wrong place? And if you're seeking in the wrong place, you'll worry. So the solution is to redirect your devotion. Am I devoted to the kingdom of God or am I devoted to my retirement or to my stuff or to my kids or to my spouse? Where is my devotion? Because your devotions lead to your emotions and your emotions lead to worry. So he's saying make it the kingdom of God instead of those other things. It's a different way to live. You don't have to live <laughs> 
devoted to all that stuff, it leads to all that worry. It reminded me of a verse, a part of this teaching before this part in, in, in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus t- telling people how to pray. Most of you know the Lord's Prayer. Have you heard of that? <clears throat> and prayer is just talking to God and God talking to you and you listening, right? He said, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, God's will is done in, in heaven. It's not on earth. We all have choice. So your choice and my church is, choice is going to be done in, on earth means in my life, in your life. So it'd be something like this. God, God, I need to keep this job, but your will be done. And I told you in this series a story about a year I didn't have a job. You know, I, I, I really like to get married. I really need to have a spouse, but your will be done. Maybe I'll be single all my life. I really need to have enough money to live on a retirement, but your will be done, God. A transfer of devotion. We're telling God, I want what you want instead of what I want. It's hard. It's scary. Let me ask you, what other options you got? Worry. And we already figured out that's a, that's a waste of time. That's stupid. So let's choose the better option, the only good option. Came across this this week. I thought it was really good, talking about prayer. Worry is like prayer in reverse. Worry makes the issues bigger. In fact, 90, 90% of the things you and I worry about, experts tell us, never happen. So you've made a mountain out of a molehill, we say. We've made something out of nothing. <laughs> but prayer makes issues smaller. God, this really seems tough, but I know you, with your help we can handle this, and it makes us smaller. So then he gets to the conclusion of everything he's taught. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow, because that's what worry relates to tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I forget the guy's name. I, I came across a story about a guy who was asking somebody else whose life was kind of difficult and it wasn't falling apart. He says, how do you do it? He said, I learned it in AA. He was an alcoholic. One day at a time. So AA didn't invent this. <laughs> Jesus did 2,000 years ago. All right? One day at a time. Like I said, most of your worries are bad about today. The what ifs about tomorrow. So, so, summarize here quickly worry is a waste of time and time is life spend an hour worrying I wasted an hour of my life that'll give you a wake up call won't it secondly do what you can and trust God to do what you can't do don't don't sit back don't just veg out don't leave it to fate do what you can but then relax so what are you most devoted to or what do you worry about the most but what Jesus is telling us you have the ability to shift that devotion from worry whatever you're worried about to God reality is when you and I worry and you're not going to like me to hear, hear this we have more faith in worry than we do in God God you don't got this so I'm going to worry about it but we can assume this is possible if Jesus says stop doing it, that's the assumption. We can do it. So here's your homework, and not just this week, but anytime this is, becomes an issue for you. Make a list of the areas of your life, not just the worry areas, but you can put, list those too. But hey, I don't worry about my job. We'll put it down anyway. It's an area of your life. You know, I don't worry about my finances, but it's an area. 
I don't worry about my health. Put it down. All the areas of your life. Then I want you to read through this passage. Uh, you know, do it three times this week. You don't have to do the list three times, but get the list. Then read this passage on Monday. And the interesting thing, when you read it, something will jump off the page. It might be something I talked about, something I didn't talk about. And then pray about it. Talk to God about it. Okay? So do it three times this week. And uh, I surely hope it would help you with your stress level and your worry. Uh, that finishes this series. We're going from stress to mess. Next week's series is Address the Mess. Okay? You all ready? Hope you can join us. Let's pray and we'll have a final song. Father God, thank you so much for these instructions. We so easily submit ourselves kind of this helplessness of, about this area of, of worry, but it, it, it shouldn't be. So we thank you for these positive words. We thank you for these positive instructions that we can have victory in this area. And we pray for anybody here, God, that, that's really burdened by something, that they would let that go. And if some of the folks here are not Jesus followers, we pray that today would be the day they step across that line. Say, I'm tired of trying to control what I can't control. God, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you my life to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name.